I just, you know, the new series that we're diving into is called Stirring, the Stirring. And I just sense a stirring in, I just sense a stirring in the church and a stirring in, in God's people, your hearts, my heart. I sense a stirring in our city and, and even in our nation, a movement, a, a motion, a, a stirring. And, and we're going to dive into this tonight. I believe that God wants to do something so beautiful. Even last night, you could sense and you could see the stirring when you have over 200 people show up for a prayer meeting. Come on, somebody. God is doing something in our hearts, but there's something that God does in the midst of the stirring, and there's something that you do in the midst of the stirring. God does things, you do things. And I want to talk about both of those tonight. So if you would uh, just pray with me as we dive into God's word right now. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're alive. We thank you that you want to speak to your sons and your daughters. We thank you that a word brings destiny into people's life. And God, you can do all kind of creative things through your word. And, and I'm just asking tonight, even as we start this series on the stirring, I believe that you're stirring something within the heart of man within our nation, within this church, within the church. And I pray, God, that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would speak tonight. You would use this donkey right here just to speak through him. Father, you would touch every life here. You would save tonight. You would heal tonight. Father, you would transform tonight. You would renew us. You would challenge us. Have your way with us tonight in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. will you say this with me, the stirring? The stirring. I'm going to read a few scriptures going to talk about four different stirrings or stir in the Bible right now. If you, it's going to be behind me, but if you want to turn to Daniel 7.2. Daniel 7.2 says, it says this, Daniel spoke saying, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea, stirring. And all four of these different stirrings or stir, they have different, uh, somewhat of a different definition. If it's from the, uh, the Hebrew, the, the Greek, etc., there's different definitions for these. And I just want to hit on each one of those tonight because I think that God wants to do all four of these different type of stirring within our hearts different people, different type of stirring in our lives. And the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. That stirring means to rush forth. It means to gush forth, to break forth, labor to bring forth. I believe God wants to do something, to bring forth something in some of our hearts and some of our lives during this season and during this, this stirring. The next stirring, Hosea 7.4. And it says, they are all adulterers. Listen to this. Like an oven heated by a baker, he ceases stirring. Got a baker creating something dough, and this baker, he ceases stirring the fire after kneading the dough 
until it is leavened. He ceases stirring the fire. How many know it's good to stir fire? It's good to stir the fire with inside of you. If you don't have a fire with inside of you, we're actually going to talk about a stirring tonight that addresses even that. Stirring the fire, it must be, fire must be stirred. Fire, the fire of hunger for God, the, the fire of the stirring of the fire to seek God, the stirring of the fire to worship God, the stirring of the fire to, like last night, praying and worshiping. There's a, there's a stirring, the, 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 the stirring of our hearts to seek God, the stirring of our hearts of passion. There's a stirring that needs to take place when it comes to the fire. In this particular case, the stirring of the fire it means through the idea of opening the eyes. God wants to do some of that in here tonight. To wake, to lift up, to raise, to be aroused, to be excited, be triumphant, to rouse. Stirring. He wants to do a stirring within our lives. Then we have a stirring in John 5, 4, it's a beautiful stirring. It says, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. It's a powerful stirring, powerful water. An angel was came down and did that. That stirring means a disturbance, means a commotion, it means a troubling. I want to read something to make a point. I'm going to read a few verses out of this, this chapter so you understand what the stirring is really all about and who the stirring points us to. John 5, 5 through 9, listen. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. This guy's been laying by this pool a long time. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? That's a whole other sermon right there because I'd be like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I want to. He don't even say Yes. Like, dude, do you want to just stay sick? Man, there's people. Don't, don't get in the, in the habit of just staying sick. If Jesus says, do you want to be well, let me tell you what you should say. Yes. yes. Yay. Amen. Yet now. He didn't say that. Sir, I have kind of make his excuses, sir. I have no one to put me in the pool. In the water. Man, I'd be scrubbing my elbows, dragging myself to the pool. You know what I'm saying? He says, no one is here to put me in the water. Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise up, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Why you read that, J.O.? Because it wasn't the stirring that healed this man. It wasn't the water. It wasn't the angel coming to 
stir the water, who, hey, we're not, it's not about the stirring. It's not about the sound. It's not about the fast. It's not about, what it's about is Jesus of Nazareth, the son of God, who does the healing, that does the saving, that does the deliverance. Listen, Heart of the City Church, it's all about Jesus. The season that we're in, I want you to, the stirring, the sound, the seeking, the, the praying last night, it's all about Jesus of Nazareth. Are you with me? That's important for us to always remember that it's always about Jesus. The next stirring. This is a very familiar stirring. 2 Timothy 1.6. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. Through the you want to know why we lay hands on people around here? Through the laying on of my hands. This stirring is very beautiful. It means to resuscitate of a flame. Resuscitation of a flame. So if you don't have a flame to stir... I think this is your verse right here, because when you start stirring the gift that's inside of you, you will begin to resuscitate the flame that once existed inside of each and every one. The Holy Spirit desires to resuscitate some fires within some of the hearts of Heart of the City Church in here tonight and over the season. Resuscitation, it means the action or process of reviving someone from unconsciousness or apparent death. I'm not talking about a physical uh, apparent death or unconscious. I'm talking about a spiritual apparent death or unconscious. You can come to church and need to be resuscitated. Stir up the, 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 the gift inside of you. Think about this right here. If, if I, you, you gave me 12 eggs and I put it all in a, in, a, in a pan and threw some flour in there and some chocolate chips and yeast and all that, and I, I just let you look at it, you'd look at it, oh, that, that's a mess. Look at that. Nasty eggs over there, you know, a hunk of lard right there and, and flour right there, chocolate chips and whatever you put in for chocolate chip cookies, you know what I'm saying? What do you put in? What am I missing? Sugar. These are these are like Daniel fast cookies. But it, but but if I just lift if I did that and put it all in a you know in a big old bucket or whatever or pan and I lifted it up to you so that you could see it, it would look nasty. It's like oh look at those eggs and lard right there and you know the sugar and but then what do you do? You what's it begin to do? Mix it. And then before you know it, it's, 
it's all united together and mixed together and cut out the little cookies and, and bake them up and so forth and so on. Stirring is something beautiful that, that God uses. Stirring brings life to people. When you stir up the gift inside of you, when I come in, listen, I don't have to come in here and worship. I could just come and sit on the front row right there like a knot on a log. I sat through typically three gatherings on the weekend and, you know, same songs. But you know what I try to do? I try to stir. You know what I try to do before I preach? Stir myself. I want to produce life. If you want to produce life, sometimes you need to resuscitate the flame that's inside of you. There's a flame inside of you that God wants to, to, to awaken you, to, to snap you out of it, to resuscitate so that you can be full of life and you can bring life to others and you can be a, a life giver. And this is what Jesus, stir up the flame. Tell your neighbor right there, tell your neighbor, stir up the flame, stir up the gift. Tell them, tell them, preach it to them, stir up the gift with inside of you. Tired of being spiritually unconscious. So some of you, some of the stirring like the first one, it may be all about a breaking forth, a gushing forth that's going to take place. It might be a busting forth in your life, whatever that may look like. Maybe you've been so bound in fear or, or maybe a disease or something that I, I believe that God wants to stir. He wants to bust you forth into something. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe it's uh, the other one of, of, of the awakening. Tonight you've backslidden from Jesus or you haven't never met Christ. I believe that God wants to touch your life tonight and, and just like stir within you to bring an awakening to you. And maybe you're here and you know Jesus, but man, God just wants to take you to another level. He wants to, to arouse your, your spirit, man, triumph, to arouse. And maybe that's your area. Maybe it's the other one, a disturbance or troubling or commotion. Like Emily shared, he works all things for our good. Sometimes we need a, a little bit of turbulence in our life to, to wake us up, to get us back on the skinny track. Are you feeling me? You'd be, you'd be like, oh, I bind you, devil, in Jesus' name. Turbulence. <laughs> Strength from heaven trying to straighten you out. And some of you, maybe the the stirring is the resuscitation of a flame inside of you. Wow. I definitely was getting some resuscitation last night. When I come to church, man, there's nothing like coming to church and worship. Come in here all dragging with a half a headache and all of a sudden you get in worship and it's like, resuscitate me. I want to speak to three elements of the stirring of the fire tonight. Three elements. One is a person and two is a principle. Three catalysts. You know what a catalyst is? Catalyst is something that you possibly would add to another chemical to get a reaction. There is a, a catalyst that God uses 
um, in our lives, and one of them tonight is a person, and the other two is a, pros, a, a, a principle, or you may call it a, a practice, a, pers- a person, or a principle, or a practice. The first one is a person. When it comes to stirring, when it comes to fire, when it comes to doing what God, I believe, wants to do in a lot of our hearts, you can't help but talk about Holy Spirit, a person. I don't call him a what or a thing. He's not with the monsters. He's Holy Spirit. And if Jesus says it's better for him to go, for him to come and Jesus to go, you need to know there's something beautiful about the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11 says, John the Baptist preaching, speaking, it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me, Jesus is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. I think a lot of the Christian American church thinks baptism, and we think one way, typically water. And yes, please do. But when Peter preached and 3,000 people were repented, they got water baptized and received the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was radical. So, so, So don't act like the Holy Spirit don't exist. Don't act like The Holy Spirit is some it or thingy when he's the person of the Holy Spirit who wants to lead you and comfort you and fill you and empower you and put a fire inside of you. The the greatest stirrer of all time, the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, I, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It absolutely changed my personality, everything about me. The Holy Spirit. He's a starter. He's a stirrer. He he wants to absolutely feel you. Something you you birth in life, you must maintain that thing. But when God's working through you by the Holy Spirit and he births it through you, he maintains it. He starts things. He he maintains things. When you you birth something of the flesh, you got to take care of it. When he births something of the spirit, he takes care of it. We need Holy Spirit. You can do it in your strength or you can do it in his strength. I say lean into the strength of the Holy Spirit. If this is foreign to you tonight, maybe you've moved here, come here new, and you're not accustomed to the Holy Spirit. I welcome you into a church that We welcome Holy Spirit and want everything that God has for us in this day and time. We need everything. 
everything that he possibly has. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 Do not quench the Spirit. What do you think of when you think about quenching? Quench. Well, you know what it is. It's to extinguish. It's to quench of fire or things on fire. Zach has a word of knowledge. This young lady, you know what I'm going to do? Stand up. Stand up, Zach. I'm going to do this right here. Fan the flame! Fan the flame! I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. I'm not going to quench him. What if, what if Zach makes a mistake? Well, he will. Because he's human. It's not if. But if you've ever been on the streets with Zach or operated with him, the guy has a lethal gift in the area of knowledge and words of wisdom. And, and you know what? So many people in here do, but you know what you don't do? Is you don't, you don't operate that muscle. You need to get in the spiritual God's gym and begin to flex those muscles, those, work those muscles that you've never operated, you've never stepped out in. I tell you, is it stepping out of the boat? Absolutely. You get a word of knowledge out on the streets, word of wisdom out. You're you going to step out of the boat? Absolutely. But I tell you what, you might change someone's life. Stir up the gift. Fan the flame. Fan the flame. Holy Spirit is beautiful about that. So beautiful about that. He wants to, the brother from Bethel, the, the leader from Bethel, Bill. Oh, man, he's so special. He preached on the Holy Spirit while we were at a conference, and he had brought something out of the scriptures that I had never saw out of one of the gospels of the dove ascended on Jesus, lit on Jesus, and remained on Jesus. And so you have a dove on your shoulder, and so how are you going to act, how are you going to be, how are you going to talk, how are you going to move and keep the, the dove on your shoulder? Don't quench the dove. Don't scare the dove off. Don't grieve the dove. Listen about, there's, you, you, you should just do a word study, please do, on the Holy Spirit. Many scriptures of who he is and what he does. It's wonderful, beautiful. He's right here with me right now inside of me. Here's one beautiful scripture, John 14, 26. But the helper, anybody ever needed help other than me in the house? He's the helper. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you, look, look, all things. 
all things. And to bring to your remembrance all things. Boy, at 54, I need some of that right there. That I said. I'm going to read a portion of scripture because I want to get to the other two. But I think as I read this, I think it's going to just absolutely touch hearts in this room. Just scripture. I'm going to read a passage out of Acts where Paul was traveling through Ephesus. He ran into disciples. And they had never received the Holy Spirit. And it's a beautiful story because I think this is true about a lot of Christians in church today. That wonderful people who absolutely love Jesus, love worship, love... But like these disciples, they had not received Holy Spirit. If you would turn to Acts 19, 1 through 7. I'm just going to read it, listen to it. Let Holy Spirit speak to you. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Will you say that with me, disciples? He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. (laughs) Wow. I mean, they just hadn't heard yet. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? They said into John's baptism. And Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. I believe that so many people are baptized into repentance. They believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They repent of sin. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. You're going to heaven. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Highly recommended. Look what Paul does. John D. baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him who come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, it looks like right there, possibly, that they were rebaptized in water. Mm-hmm. Try to put God in your little box, and he'll kick out of it. There's sometimes people in the Acts that are baptized in the Holy Ghost first. Then, and when Paul had laid hands on them, they, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. Began to, you'll find those two manifestations a lot, a lot, when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon people. You'll almost always see that they spoke in this in tongues, but you'll also see that a lot of times they prophesy. 
Zach, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, absolutely he is. Absolutely he is. Operates in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Don, you baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't be an American Christian without power. Why? This is what it reminds me of. 2 Timothy 3, 5, just listen, just listen. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. We can have a form of godliness, but not have the power. Can I tell you where the power is? It's not J.O. preaching it. It's the Bible. Power is the Holy Spirit. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be witnesses to me to, in Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. Je I missed one. Jerusalem. You'll receive power. Why do life without the Holy Spirit leading and filling you and his giftings and power and the counsel that he wants, the comfort that he wants to give you? I lean into those things, you guys. I lean into those big time. And he'll speak and he'll comfort and he'll empower you. Don't settle with, which is beautiful, salvation and water baptism. Absolutely do that. But always remember the person of the Holy Spirit. Because when it comes to the stirring, we need Holy Spirit. That was the person. Now I want to talk to you about two principles or two practices. Prayer and fasting. We started a fast yesterday. If you didn't join in, you start today. You start tomorrow. Fasting. Prayer. Dynamic duos. Am I pumped about fasting? Absolutely not. I'm not, I don't want to be a hypocrite and lie. I love to eat. A lot. Listen to these two dynamic duos. Matthew 17, 20 through 21 and Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, they, they were having a difficult problem of casting out a demon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Jesus is talking about their unbelief, the disciples. And I, people get so freaked out if you say something about their faith. Maybe it's your lack of faith. Well, well, well I'll say that to myself. Maybe it's my lack of stinking faith. Because Jesus said it quite often. Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, say to the mountain, be thou You say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Man, I want mustard seed faith. Nothing will be impossible for you. Gosh. Who doesn't want mustard seed faith in this room right now? Oh, I guess you don't. 
Listen to this. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Dynamic duo. Prayer and fasting. There's something about prayer and fasting. I'm not going to do a whole sermon on fasting tonight, and I'm not going to do a whole sermon on praying tonight, but I do want to mention these two catalysts. Let me remind you of something. Let me just tell you what I think. Men are brilliant of turning something that is used to know God into something that they end up worshiping or being the object of their worship or getting legalistic and weird. Are you following me? It doesn't matter what it is. We're just kind of made that way. So don't turn prayer, fasting, the sound, seek. Listen, these aren't parts of our worship. I mean, they can be used for that, but why do we do all of these things? Let's just keep it simple. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, saints. Why do we do this? Thank you. To draw close to God. To know Him. To hear, to learn more about Christ. Cultivate a hunger inside of me. I tell you, when I get physically hungry, other things begin to take place. When I'm fasting, I start slowing down. Waiting on God, no matter if I like it or not. <laughs> Listening to the sound above all. Have you realized how much sounds there is? I was watching a football ga game today, uh, and I was like, that is just too noisy for me right now. And I turned it way down to like three or something and just watched the game. There's noise everywhere. And it's so hard to, to filter through all the noise and hear the voice of God and the sound above all the sounds. So sometimes we do things like extra prayer and fasting so that we can hear from God and tap into his voice. And, and I, I bet throughout this month as we're fasting, you're going to see way more prophetic words and words of knowledge and words of what Because you're hearing there, there's clarity, there's open heavens, and you can hear the sound above all the sounds. So we do these things to draw close to God, leaning into Jesus, cultivating a hunger, all those different things. Listen, listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 33. You've heard this a hundred times. I'm going to tell you one, 101. But seek first the kingdom of God is righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And so during this time, we actually Seek him first. That's what we were doing last night. That's what this 21 days is about. Now, we want to practice that in our life at all times. But I tell you what, when we get intentional like this, it definitely gets highlighted. We have last night, Friday night prayer. We have prayer on Tuesday mornings here, Wednesday at noon, Thursday mornings. We have heart prep before every one of our gatherings a quarter after the hour should come. Had a great turnout at heart prep. Then we have seek week, the week of the sound. Every morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., 
just right here seeking God. And then at noon, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. These are corporate times. Of course, I encourage you to pray and seek him on, on your own, but these are corporate times that it's beautiful to join in. This is what David said. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. I believe God is calling us to do that. You can listen to 2,200 podcasts, read 70 books on, fast, on, on prayer, 2,200 podcasts on prayer. At the end of the day, here we go. Will you seek God? I could teach you till the cows come home, the roosters crow. I know amazing teachers when it comes to prayer, but at the end of the day, I got to pray. If you don't know how to pray, just hang out. We'll learn together. Just pray. So that's a principle that we really activate during this time. We want to carry that throughout the entire year. The other one is this one, fasting. Say that with me, fasting. Fasting. Jesus pretty much assumes you would fast. If he didn't assume you would fast, why would Jesus say this? But you, when you fast, <laughs> anoint your head and wash your face. Many examples of fasting in the Bible, Old and New Testament. You have Moses who did what appears 40 days and probably 40 more days supernatural fast. No food, no water in the presence of God. Don't ever try to attempt that because I'll be doing your funeral. <laughs> Unless you're Moses and God spoke to you. You have Esther that calls to fast and they didn't eat or drink and wouldn't even give their animals food or water. Three days. You have Paul who did an absolute fast. He went blind. God blinded him and he didn't eat or drink for three days. These are absolute fast. You better hear straight from God when it comes to absolute fast. Then you have Daniel. Daniel looks like he does two different types of fast called the Daniel fast. Usually, typically, 10 days or 21 days or what have you. You can look, you can read all of these. You can see Jesus fasting in the desert before he really begins his ministry, 40 days. And the enemy comes and tempts him. And man, Jesus is locked, cocked, ready to rock, comes back with him with, it is written. All in the midst of fasting. And you have uh, different things like Ezekiel bread. And, and you have warriors that fasted until evening. And you have just different fastings. I was telling my brother Ken this week, we were talking a little bit. How do you think sin came into the world? It came through food. So there's something about cutting back. Well, some of you look at me like I'm crazy. They ate, they ate the fruit. Food. Are you with me? All right. I don't know if I was connecting or something right there. <laughs> so there's something about that. And to cut back, and, you know, some people have medical situations. I'm not, all I'm saying is that what could you do to sacrifice 
God looks upon the heart. I'm going to read that in just a minute. He looks upon the heart. We have these books here. Craig so beautifully put it together. It has two different types of prayer. The Lord's prayer or the disciples prayer it has the tabernacle prayer it has talks about fasting if you've never fasted or or you know not prayed much you should take one of these home it's beautiful bring it to prayer pray it through it's a wonderful wonderful way of of learning to fast and pray so forth and so on other people, I know that some people are going to cut out. I had one friend that said he's cutting out sugar. I've heard people cutting out TV. It may be social media, video games. Whatever you do, ultimately fasting in the Bible was cutting out food. But I think God would honor your heart because once again, this is what it's about. Drawing near to him drawing closer to heaven, being intentional, learning, wanting to know Jesus. It's about the heart. And I want to close with these scriptures because Isaiah gives us a beautiful example of two types of fasting. Fasting that with the wrong motives and fasting with the right motives. Matter of fact, there's a book, old, old, old book called The Chosen Fast, an amazing book. But this is what it talks about in Isaiah. In closing, if you'll turn to Isaiah 58, I want to read. The first section I'm going to read, I'm going to read in a new, new Living Transition because it's really beautiful on explaining the wrong motives in fasting. Then I go back to what I typically preach out of, New King James. Isaiah 58.3, if you don't have your Bibles, just listen in real close. This first section talks about fasting with the wrong motives. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance and bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? So with our prayers and with our fastings, it's about the heart. It's about our heart, each and every one of us. It's about mine. If I'm going through the motions... Then I'll, now I'll read what he challenges to what I call the chosen fast. The fast that he calls the chosen fast. And it's in verses 6 through 10. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens? To let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked that you cover him, not hide yourself from your own flesh, look what will take place. Then your light shall break forth <laughs> like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. 
You shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and you, he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. It's not about the sound. It's not about the stirring, even though we do that. Love the sound. It's about the prayer. It's all about us drawing near to Jesus during this time. Knowing him. Leaning into him. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Stirring ourself. Anytime you stir yourself, you'll produce life. Produce that fire to resuscitate the fire in each one of our lives. I want to close with this. You may be here today, and it's the first weekend of 2020, and the greatest thing that you could ever do is begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be frank with you. You've got to go all in. I remember when I first got saved. Some of y'all are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I got saved. I got radically saved. And I kept a little stash. I was an absolute steroid addict. I didn't even know you could get addicted. I was so jacked up sideways. Addicted steroids wasn't even funny. One time, before I went to a worship service, all I was doing was looking to see what I had in my stash. And I took some. And I went to the worship service. I was so upset at myself. These brothers got around me and prayed for me. And I tell you what, that's a long story because shortly after that, I got sick as a dog. And God will allow certain things in our lives in order to deliver us. And he delivered me and since the day that he delivered me, and I said, if you allow me to live, I will never do steroids again. Guess what? I've never done steroids again. Okay? I say that because do yourself a favor. Don't keep the stash. You can't live without it? Oh, yes, you can. He wants you to do this right here. All in. Give him the reins of your life. He wants to be the Savior, but he also wants to be the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Lord is. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. He has to be the Lord of your life in order for you to operate in freedom. If not, you come all up in church and stay all jacked up sideways, addicted to everything. 